Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SoCal Summer Swing Out Podcast. It is I, your host, Andre, and I am joined by the lovely, the phenomenal, the absolutely hilarious Stephanie Kwan. Hi, friend. Hi, my dear friend. What a wonderful introduction. Thank you. It's so good to see you. I'm so happy to be here. I know. It's so good to see you, too. I feel like we don't see each other as much as we would like to, you know? I know. It's hard. It's hard. We see each other at dance events, and then in the in-between, we're just looking forward to when we get to see each other next. Soon, yeah. though. Soon. And sometimes, sometimes you and I compete together, which is really fun. Oh, we do. I love it. I love competing <laughs> with you. Dancing with you is a wonderful experience. Jeez. Same, same to me. Same for me, bro. You're, you're phenomenal. Okay. Now, before we get into this whole compliment loop, because we'll go on forever. Um, forever. I wanted to say, for the people who don't know, Steph, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you where you dance and whatnot. Yeah, so hello, hello. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Stephanie Kwan. I'm originally from Southern California, Orange County, but my main dancings, SoCal, what up? But my main <laughs> dancings are Denver now, but I'll say Boulder and Denver. So <laughs> I started dancing in... 2015, actually. My, my dance mm-hmm. story starts out, <laughs> I was in marching band in college and there was a boy that asked if I'd be interested in going to a swing dance lesson. We yeah. went to the first lesson for one week, second lesson for another week, and then we never went again. And after that relationship, I thought, oh, I really, I really enjoyed that. And so a dear friend of mine, um, who you know, Allison Fry, asked mm-hmm. me if I would, uh, go with her to Lindy on the Rocks because I had never like really heard of this event. I didn't know what it was about. And they were like, come with me. It'll be great. And it was marvelous. It was just like this electric energy and like, like music and everybody was just so full of joy. And I got hooked. And so then in 2015, that's really when it started, started at university at CU Boulder. And then now I'm here. So I teach and I've done some DJing and I've, um, been really active in the Boulder Denver scenes and from my day job I'm an academic advisor so that's where I am that's me yeah now I have heard this before I have heard heard, heard, we've talked about this before how you started and I always think it's so cool how you and Allison not only started like you started dancing did you start learning from Allison no so I ended up learning uh Thankfully to the individuals, the seniors, whoever was a part of that swing dance club, they just held free lessons. And so if you can imagine out in on campus, there are these really big, like large areas where there were a hundred people in this huge circle and these two instructors just yelling their hearts out and they got enough interest from people just walking by and they'd be like, walk on down, come. And so I got swept up in in that and the people who taught my first lessons were really engaging and really fun and they made me laugh and created mm-hmm. a really good community. And then because of uh, my friendship with Allison at the time, Allison knew me as a student, um, I talked about how I was interested in dancing. And so Allison had an extra ticket for Lindy on the Rocks and it was the end of July. So as a birthday present, Allison said, come with me. And so that's kind of what kicked it off because it's one thing to go to lessons at a university but it's different to be at an event with the community and to really get what I consider to be like a true sense of how how electric and how dare I say almost addicting that joy Mm -hmm. that joy is Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I can imagine because 
when, so I'd like to talk about how you and I met because it's in that context, right? I love, I love this story so much. Yes. <laughs> because it was, it was, it was kind of magical. And we'll talk about how that relates to Lindy on the rocks. Cause um, I remember on my side that it was at Uptown Swing Out last year. And um, I had seen you on Friday night. And first of all, if anyone has never seen uh, Steph dance, she is an amazing dancer and she is just a joy to watch, right? So I noticed her Friday night. And sometimes when you survey the floor, you just notice something like, oh, wow, she looks like a great, uh, great person to dance with. But I wasn't able to catch you that night. But Saturday, it was like the song before the last song or something like that, right? And- uh, I think so. Yeah. And you, you, had asked, you had asked me to dance, right? And we were, I remember we were at the very front and you asked me to dance. I was like, oh, wait, it's that person. Because I didn't recognize because you had a mask on and stuff. Oh, right? yeah, of course. Because at that particular event, every, everybody had masks on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, yeah, you're that person. And I remember you're like, would you like to dance? And I was like, yeah, I would. And I swear to you, the minute we connected, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> this is going to be a good dance, you know? And yeah. It was a bomb-ass dance, you know? Oh, my gosh. And then take that experience, connect it to Camp Hollywood, because mm -hmm. that was the next time that we saw each other. So I agree. Uptown Swing Out, absolutely incredible event, absolutely wonderful weekend, very inspiring, very magical. I mm. remember seeing you and seeing your energy and thinking, oh, yeah, I want to dance with you the you look like a lot of fun. Like we're, we're going to have fun. And I remember that when I, cause I just decided, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to ask like, what's the harm in asking? And so I went yeah. and I said, would you like to dance? And you said, yes. And we connected and I do, I do remember you looked at me in this way that you went, oh yeah. And I went, oh yeah. And we yes. ended up just having, uh, it was this, it was this unspoken knowing this, this connection where we, I don't know, it was just locked in where we went, oh yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have a good time. I think about that feeling. And at the end of the weekend, I, I remember coming up to you, our very, very first picture that we ever took. Cause I said, can I yeah. get a picture? Because meeting you was such a meaningful experience to me. And you said, yeah, absolutely. And so I remember this, there was a pizza party and I remember you were eating pizza and you tried not to get pizza grease on me as I just snuggled you up in a big hug. <laughs> and I have that picture and I don't remember if I sent it to you, but I remember that take that event I was on cloud nine just mm. riding that beautiful high and if we fast forward to Camp Hollywood I remember I saw you dancing up at the front near the stage and I said do you want to dance and I remember that you stopped and you looked at me and you went yeah let's do it it was just this nonverbal of like let's go and we connected and I remember we finished the dance and I remember this feeling of just like the endorphins and the adrenaline, the good feeling. And you looked at me with the most complimentary stank face I had ever seen. You looked at me, you were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were like, do you want to dance again? And I went, yes. You're like, all right, I'm just going to lead simple moves. And you're just going to show me your voice. And I had never had that experience of someone saying, I want, I want to hear you. I want, I want to hear every story you want to tell me. I want to hear every kind of personality you want to give me. And you just led me through really simple moves. You gave me a structure, but I got to just sing loud. And I just got to like, just like shout from the rooftops. And that was really, really fun. 
And I remember you were watching me as I try things. And you, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on now. Yeah. And so we were just having a really great, great time. And it felt like we were the only two people on that dance mm -hmm. floor for that experience because we were just playing off of each other. It was like two kids in the sandbox just having the time of their lives. So I fully, I fully agree. And I remember that dance and like you, your voice is so powerful that like you have such a powerful voice. And when I think of your voice in dancing, I think, I think you're saying I'm here, I'm having a damn good time and we're just going to rock it out. Like that's when I hear your voice. And I, I feel like that's how you approach dancing in general, right? Yes. I think about when I really think about uh, my place on the dance floor, I'm so grateful and thankful that I have the opportunity to dance. What a joy mm. it is. It's a, it's a, it's a privilege to be able to just come onto the dance floor and to be able to think about what is the music telling me? How, if it's a relationship between me and my partner, but me and the music, the music and my partner, it's, it's one of the reasons why I love Lindy Hop so much is that it's like the most tangible, visceral feeling of joy that I can, mm. that I can experience in my body. And it just feels really good that mm. in that, in that sweet spot, in that flow, when everything just clicks, I'm just so delighted by the song that is playing. I'm excited about like the instruments that I hear and the rhythm that like really grounds me. And I just mm. really want to move through it in the most authentic way that I can. And it's fun. And one of my favorite things is I love, I love to look at my, I love to look at my partner because I love to have this conversation without words the whole time, yeah. but I, mm. but I love being mischievous and I love being like silly and I and I love laughing and I love making my partner laugh and I like doing things unexpectedly like I'll stop and I'll wiggle my knees and it, it'll take them by surprise and I and I start giggling and they start giggling and we just have we just have a great time and I and I feel like um I can show different sides of myself that I can be mm. sassy I can be sultry I can be goofy I can be bouncy i can be light i can be uh bright i can be effervescent um i can be elegant i can be smooth depending on mm -hmm. what i want and it's very very fun that in every dance it's a it's a new chance to show a different side of my personality or maybe i'll decide to show it in one particular way but thank you so much for saying that my voice is powerful i think it's that really really resonates with me because i it's been a while for me to find my voice and to feel confident with the idea of this is me and this is the way that I dance and this is how my dance shows up on the dance floor and so it's been this really wonderful experience so thank you oh yeah of course and I I want to touch more on that piece about finding your voice because I think you and I are very similar in how we approach dance and how we essentially just live our lives and for anyone who knows me Steph is probably the one other person who I know who is probably more extroverted than me and who will take <laughs> literally a half hour to leave a space because she's saying goodbye to everyone right? my my friends have learned that they have to be on stephanie time or a stephanie goodbye is that you tell me 30 minutes ahead of time that we're about to leave a space and it takes me about 30 minutes to say goodbye to my friends which sometimes is the entire room <laughs> mm -hmm. and sometimes mm -hmm. it's just uh, certain people. And as I say, goodbye, we'll get just lost in a conversation because there's a couple final things that I want to say, or they want to say, or a hug. Okay. Wait a second hug. Okay. A third hug. And 
yeah, I, I didn't realize this, but I do need a lot of time. I remember the first time I ever learned about the Stephanie goodbye time, I was told, I said, okay. I went around the whole entire space and I remember meeting up with my friend and they said, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I know that took a lot longer. <laughs> of course, of course. It is part of who you are and it's part of your voice, I feel like, is that is being that joyful with other people. So I'm curious, um, for some of our listeners might be listening and they might be thinking, how do I find my voice? What is my voice? How did you find out your voice and how did you get to this point to where you wanted to say what you wanted to say in advance? Yeah, this is a wonderful, wonderful question. I had to start with inspiration. So I, I think mm. about in the very early days of my dancing, and I still do this now, but there were so many different clips. <laughs> I watched so many clips on YouTube of just who was I inspired by? Who did I want to dance like? And I had an experience where I was helping coach a team called Pearl Street Jive and the mm. other individuals who were my fellow coaches. When we were creating lessons for our, our team, we picked different pro dancers at the time that we thought fit either their body type or the way that they danced and the way that they moved. And I, I remember that um, I, that I was given, I'm trying to think of who it was. I don't know if it was Gabby Cook. I don't know. If it was Avita. Like I, I can't remember, but it was a particular person. And I remember mm -hmm. watching, I think it was another dancer that I can't remember, but I remember watching many, many clips to see what fit my body. And I realized more and more uh, and with other guidance and different lessons, like Laura Keat, my my dear friend and incredible mm -hmm. dancer, Laura Keat, she would um, she would inspire during the um, lessons that I was a part of to find what movement felt good in my body. So there mm -hmm. are all these different jazz steps. There's all these different ways that you could move through the music, but what feels good in my body? Because I can I can try and emulate what another person looks like, but at the end of the day. Do I want to be another person or do I want to be me? And yeah. I realized that I, I really, I really want to show what my unique voice is in the dance. And so a lot of it, <laughs> a lot of it came to, um, I tried solo jazz. I did a lot of solo jazz. I would just put on music and I didn't feel very confident in my solo jazz abilities, but I would just try different things, different aspects. What did I like? What kind of shape felt good on my body? And then I just realized dance is supposed to be fun. It sounds mm. really simple when you say it like that, but I'm here because I love how the music inspires me and I love the connection that I have. And so then instead of putting so much pressure on myself of, I need to make sure that I look a certain way, there might be some techniques or mechanics that can help me um, reach that point. But I started to just breathe a little bit deeper and not take it so seriously where I just started to think about what, is, what does Stephanie want? What does Stephanie sound like? And I started to think about what is my personality in general. And I found that it's very authentic for me to be playful. That's 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 the Stephanie version, but to be playful and to be joyful and to be silly. And I started to think about what does that look like? What does that sound like? What, what could that feel like? And so through different dances and through different connections with people, I was able to find pockets of, oh, different people that I dance with want to hear my voice. So it, mm -hmm. it goes back to the story with you and the reason why our experience um, my experience with you at Camp Hollywood in Uptown Swing, it was so powerful was I hadn't been given a lot of opportunity like that to hear my voice or to have somebody say, I want to hear what you have to say in this conversation. And so I started mm -hmm. to lean into that more and just try things. And once I started mm -hmm. to find things that felt good, 
I just kept following that bliss because it just felt fun. It was, it was playful and it was bright and it was lovely. And then I started to realize that I don't need to dance like anybody else. I just need to dance like me. And if it's Mm -hmm. the journey of how I get there, then part of the fun is figuring out what feels like me now and what feels like me in the future. What were parts of me that were me then and trying to see if I can mix and match them the different seasons and what feels right. Yeah. So it's been, it's been years and years, um, trials and errors and inspiration and mentorship from other people informally, but, and a lot of it is just practice on my own and just believing, believing that if I, if I want to try and find it and taking the time and being really kind to myself, um, taking time that I'll, that I'll get there. So. I love, I love that aspect that you brought up of like movement that feels good in your body because there are Lindy Hoppers that you see that are kind of carbon copies of each other, right? So they all kind of look the same. They all do the same moves and stuff. And I think that's what kind of, that's what really drew me to your dancing and why it felt so natural is because we weren't trying to look like anyone else. We were trying to move our own bodies and our in the way that made the most sense to us, which is why I think, yeah, we can go there, which is why I think we... I was very proud of how we did at Lindy on the Rocks when we first competed together. That was one of the best competing experiences I've I've ever had. I and to to briefly go back to your point, talking about the carbon copies, I think what's tricky is in the beginning of my dance career, my dance journey, there were certain fundamentals that I that I needed that I needed to learn to, to understand, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. certain certain ways to do that. But then the more that I continued on this journey, I started to realize, wait, there's not a right way to dance Lindy hop. There's mm. not like a particular way that the way that I dance is, is enough. My movement is enough. My dancing is enough. The way that I show up in the space is enough. And what I loved about dancing with you and especially in our competing experience, I remember feeling nervous. I remember feeling nervous about, okay, I, I have the opportunity. You, you and I had a great time in, in the prelims because we were just mm-hmm. having a blast. We just said, we're just going to dance. And I remember in, in the finals, as we were getting ready, we we're having a conversation. You just said, we're just, we're just going to dance. We're just going to dance. It's like, we're social dancing. We're just, it's just you and me. We're just having a good time. And I had to remember that I don't need to, to look a certain way. There are mm-hmm. many, many competitions that I have watched and there is crisp and clean movement. There is certain, um, patterns of, of dancing that looks amazing. And there were times where I thought, okay, well, if, if I make it to the finals, I have to look like that. And I think it was the recognition of, but wait, who told, who told me that? Why? Mm. What, who, who, who says who, like by whose standards? Um, because if, if the idea about Lindy Hop is that it is a social dance where you're inspired by other people and the music inspires you and it's the authentic movement in, in many ways, I mean, being a, Black, Black American, you know, African American art form. It's an art form. It's it's how it moves through your body. And so being able to connect with you at, at that time, at Lindy on the Rocks, it just felt like you and I were able to have the opportunity to show our values, which are very mm-hmm. much aligned in mm-hmm. in the joy and the community engagement mm-hmm. and the energy and, and the fun. That was that was the best that I've ever felt in a competition because I just had a wonderful opportunity to show my joy with you. Yes, a hundred percent. I think what happened at the prelims is, or we had talked about how to approach competition, and I brought up the thing that Amy and I do, which is 
it would be nice. Like it would be nice if we made finals. It would, but it really is just I'd rather be proud of how we dance, you know. Yeah, because at the end of the day, when when judges give you a rating, a score, award, it's it's wonderful. But also mm-hmm. in some ways, it's it's arbitrary. It, it just mm-hmm. depends on the day, the time, the judges, where they look, what do they see. There's mm-hmm. there's so many different factors that come into that of getting a score and getting a, a rating. And what matters, I think, at least in my values, is can I walk away from the dance floor? Can I walk away from that experience and go, I had a good dance. I'm really proud. I show I showed up in an authentic way. I showed up in a way that felt really genuine. And I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to dance. I'm really grateful that I was able to have the opportunity to dance today. Because that's all that matters. We're just here to mm-hmm. dance. We're here. We're here and like the the events are great, but it brings the community together because we're just all engaging and participating in the joy of dancing. That's all that matters. Yeah. A hundred yes. And like that to me, like re it re-emphasized how you and I work well together because that's what we value. And we'll talk about the community piece here in a bit. And I remember when we were out for dinner, when we were out for dinner, someone brought up <laughs> the finals and we were on it. And you, oh man, I'll never forget this because you started like crying and you were like so happy. And I was so happy that you were so happy. And you and Allison hugged and I got a video of it. And it was just a beautiful moment, you know? Yeah, I vividly remember that we were sitting at dinner. We were getting ready. Uh, we were getting ready to get ourselves some fuel to dance for hours and hours and hours until the late morning. And when somebody brought up the finals, I believe it was Allison that that told me. But if it wasn't Allison, I remember locking eyes with Allison and I just my eyes just burst into tears and I was so mm-hmm. happy and what was really meaningful was that I remember Allison got out of their chair ran over to me and just gives me the biggest hug and I'm I'm jumping and I'm crying and I see you from across the way and you just have this very serene smile on your face and we were with many many people two tables worth of wonderful dancers and they mm-hmm. were really happy and for me, that was my first time making finals. It was my first time making finals in a national event. And it was mm-hmm. really exciting that the way that I got there, the way that we got there was, we're just going to dance. We're just going to have fun and we're going to dance and we're going to have a good time. And it was really validating to go, oh, I I have great movement. Like my movement is enough. My dancing is enough. Showing up and having a good time and with great connection and great partnership. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very validating. It was very validating in that moment. It was very exciting. Yeah, I, it was such a big, big joy moment. And it was really, really meaningful as, as the Mm -hmm. first time. And I think it'll always be memorable for as long as my dance career goes. Yes. I, I vividly remember that moment as like, uh, our, dancing and how we approach dancing and competing works I thought for a long time that you had to look a certain way you had to dress a certain way you had to be to to put it bluntly you had to be tall white and skinny in order Absolutely. to make finals and in vintage clothing too don't forget you yeah. have to be in particular particular vintage clothing at least that's how I felt that was just that comp was just really really it, it, stuck, it sticks out to me because at that point, that's when I was starting to compete and competing with you was so easy because 
I didn't feel, I didn't feel like stressed. I didn't feel like uh, nervous. There wasn't, you, you didn't, maybe you hit it, but you didn't give me this air of, oh, I'm worried. Instead, I felt an air of like, let's fucking do this. Like, that's what, that's the, that's what I felt. And that's something that I always appreciate about you and the people I compete with is that, <clears throat> ah, that grit and being willing to say, we're just going to do our thing, you know? Yeah. Like I said, you and I just get the opportunity to share in this experience together. How lucky, how lucky are we? So I think this is a perfect segue to talking about why Stephanie Kwan dances. So uh, the question was, why do you dance, Stephanie Kwan? Why do I dance? I mentioned it before, and I'll still stand by the statement. I dance because it is the most visceral, physical, tangible feeling of joy. It is, mm. it is an experience that just deeply aligns with my values. And when I engage with it time and time again, I just feel very fulfilled. It's just joyful. I love being able to have the opportunity to connect with another person. I love, I love, I love how jazz, I just love how jazz makes me feel. It just inspires me to do so many things. I, when the song is just right, when the music is just right, I can't sit still. I want to express it. I want to groove. I just want to move. I just want to dance. And I really love the experience. And I, and I'm grateful that I have weekly dances in Denver and, and also in Boulder that I get to see so many people in the community, so many of my friends, and we can just share these experiences. Like I said, it's a conversation without words that mm-hmm. can show my artistic creative side and so can they. And how do you hear music? How do I hear music? How do I feel today? And in, in some ways, it's just truly a cathartic release. There are mm. times where I'm having seasons of, seasons of my life where all I want to do is just show my my joy through dancing. And there are other times when life, as life does, becomes stressful and it becomes hard. And there are times where I just want to dance. I'm not able to communicate what I feel, but I can communicate through dancing. I want to be in a space with people who I know and I care and I connect with. I want to see new people come to the scene. I, I love seeing people that have been there, that have set the foundation. The idea of the multi-generational like dancers with all these different groups of people from all these different walks of life. It brings so many mm. individuals together for this collective experience. It's yeah, it's magical. It's this really incredible thing. But for me, I, I think about the reason why I dance is that I am able to I'm just able to show my voice and show my personality, show my joy and just really show it's this indescribable mm-hmm. thing. Like I took my hands and fists, right? And I just kind of threw it out into the world. But it's yeah. it's a very it's a very beautifully human experience to dance and to dance Lindy Hop. It's it's the call and response, it's it's the community, it is being inspired and um trying to figure out how you can add to the conversation it's the yes and there's just so there's just so much that it gives me and when I give back I'm I'm always pleasantly surprised and Mm. 
Yeah, like, oh, yes. That is such a powerful statement. The giving back piece, I think you do so naturally because I think at this point we can jump into your 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 journey because not only did you not only did you learn and you are actively a part of the community because you teach, you perform, you DJ, right? How did how did that journey come from you and how is that connected to your why? Oh gosh, that's a great question. If I think about the first chapters of my dance journey at college, at university, that is a time of, I have found a group of people that I really connect with and I want to know. It was a social aspect. I had mentioned before that my lovely and dear friend, Allison took me to Lindy on the Rocks. And after mm -hmm. I wanted to find more ways to actively engage with the community. So I started by joining a performance team. Uh, at the time, CU Boulder, they had a performance team, and it's now called the CU ZQs. If you know the jazz move, the Suzy Qs, we mixed it with CU, and it's nice. really clever. <laughs> and that was a group of individuals who wanted to learn the different line dances. So the Big Apple, the Shim Sham, the California Routine, they are very well-known dances throughout the Lindy Hop community at large. It was also a time where uh, the people that I was meeting, we all wanted to really work on our technique. And so part of yeah. it was, okay, taking lessons outside of the weekly lessons. But then it was teaching uh, those lessons, being a teacher myself, not just being a participant, but being a teacher. Then yeah. it was um, having the opportunity to be the co-president of the CU Swing Dance Club. Yeah. And then I found more opportunities uh, in Denver. Oh my gosh, there was the... Denver Swing Project, I was part of Pearl Street Jive, I was part of Community Minded Dance and all these different experiences. It was a way to learn routines and technique and connection and aerials. It was an opportunity to travel to different states to perform and compete. It was really looking at all these different ways that I could engage with Lindy Hop. Um, and at, and at the time I, I called it swing dancing because around, I'll say 2020, when the pandemic hit, I was trying to figure out a way to engage with my community that I love, but I wasn't able to be there in person. And I think mm -hmm. about Boulder Swing Dance and they hosted radio hours. It was an opportunity to still keep a connection, even though we were in our own homes. And I remember I had my first opportunity to DJ at that Boulder Swing radio hour, Allison, right? I uh, said, <laughs> I think you should DJ. I think you should try it. And I said, I don't, but I don't know how to DJ. And I remember Allison saying, you don't know until you try. You don't know until you have the opportunity. And mm -hmm. so I had the opportunity. I spent hours trying to figure out the music and how they were going to connect and what to do. Mm -hmm. I had some radio hours there. I had an opportunity at the Mercury Cafe, which is a local dance scene here in Denver. If any listeners out there haven't visited Denver, I highly recommend that you check it out. It's wonderful, but I had the opportunity to DJ there. And I had some really good people in my community that were very encouraging and that I could learn from, I think about different opportunities that I had to teach at Boulder Swing Dance. Kenny Nelson, Swing in Denver, I had the opportunity mm -hmm. to teach there. There were opportunities and gigs over the summer. Um, this wonderful place called Little Man Ice Cream uh, of Swinging Under the Stars. Uh, there are so many opportunities where 
the more exposure and experience I got, the more that it was a teaching experience. And it was hard. It was mm. hard. I mean, there there were times where I, I remember that I would sit during my year of shadowing for Boulder Swing Dance, that I sat on a couch and I watched teachers and I wrote pages and pages of notes of they started with introductions. Then they did a warm up. This is what they did for the warm up. Then they did, and I and I wrote it out every single move that they made, every single word that they spoke, I wrote it down. And then it became practicing and it was trial and error and it was being open to feedback and knowing that it wasn't personal. It's because these individuals as my mentors or as my teaching partners or the people who were kind of overseeing cared about me. And and then it was a, of a matter of slowly just gaining confidence of just gaining confidence in myself because if these individuals believed in me, why didn't I believe in myself? And mm -hmm. so I had the opportunity of the more that I got comfortable, the more connections that I made, uh, the more that my voice, the more, the more that my voice came out. And so I was able to think really critically. Um, I mentioned before that I called it swing dancing. I call it Lindy Hop. I was really grateful that Alison Fry and Kenny Nelson, they were two individuals who really helped me understand that I, I'm a guest in this dance. I will always mm -hmm. be a guest in this dance and this dance never started with me. It won't end mm -hmm. with me, but I have the opportunity to move it forward. And there's a great responsibility that I take with a lot of pride of with the individuals that I come across, um, whether it's teaching a class and the community, weekly lessons, monthly curriculum, private lessons that I can include that in everything that I do. And so I started reading, started reading books, started watching uh, videos, YouTube clips, everything, and just asking a lot of questions. And so, gosh, from 2015 to now in 2023, how many years has that been? It's, uh, uh, can I do four. math? It's uh, nine. Is it eight. eight years, I think? Eight, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, eight years, close to a decade. It's It's been a really... It's been a really wonderful journey. There's been ups and downs and I've learned learned a lot. Um, but yeah, so now I can confidently say that I dance, I perform, I compete, teach, I DJ, and I'm and I'm a proactive member in the community. And I'm really proud to say that. I think if I had told uh, college Stephanie where I'd be now, I don't think that she would have believed it. I, mm. I think that when she first started out, she was just excited to find a group of people where she felt like she belonged. And now I have this opportunity where I can notice who's sitting on the sidelines and who's up against the walls and who's who's clicking with people and who's not. And I have that opportunity to make connections and to create that sense of belonging in the small and big ways that I can. Oh, definitely. And to double click real quick on the being a guest in this space, uh, I love that you mentioned that. Uh, for any listeners, the podcast that I did with uh, Demetrio and Taylor, they also touched on that. So highly recommend you listen to that. I do want to shift to talking about uh, the community, though. Absolutely. Because you are very intentional and you do your best to make sure that you are encouraging new members in the scene and that you create a sense of community, encouragement and empowerment. I'm curious, like, what are the ways that you and the Denver scene try to make that welcoming for most scenes? Because I think that's something that a lot of people are interested in. Yeah, I think about in the Denver scene specifically, I'm very mindful about who is sitting down, sitting back and thinking about are are they taking space for themselves because they need that for them? 
or are they mm-hmm. taking space because they're not sure if they can engage with the other members? Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is like this for every scene, but I will say as a, a general statement that pretends to be unspoken social hierarchies in dance scenes. There mm-hmm. are beginners, there are students that have just come in for their first time. There are individuals who have come and taken many, many lessons and they're starting to kind of get their footing, but they're not sure. There are people who have a couple of friends that they come with, but if they don't come with their friends and they don't want to come at all. And there are people who come time and time again, and they might sit at the back. Maybe you call them wallflowers. Um, it, it just depends. And so I, I try to be very mindful about who, who is dancing and who is not um, and, and why. And I recognize that I, I can't dance with everybody, but I do know that if I am very intentional about having a conversation with one person or asking someone to dance, it can make a really big impact. I remember the days where I was afraid to ask elite members, and I say that with air quotes because it's mm-hmm. all in the perspective, but I remember mm-hmm. asking dancers dancers who were more experienced than I was and being too afraid, but they came up to me and I remember this feeling of <laughs> thanking them. They would. I remember I had this one very clear memory that I had a friend who I considered to be such an incredible dancer, and he still is, but he asked me to dance and he goes, thank you for the dance. And I said, no, thank you. Thank you for the dance. And I remember thinking about that going, <laughs> They're just a person. They're just yeah. a person. They're just a person who wants to ask to dance. Um, I think uh, one of the most memorable moments that I've ever had that has translated to my engagement with the Denver community is at Boulder Swing Dance, I was teaching lessons and there was a Saturday dance that we had. And there was one particular individual. I remember that person sat on the couch the whole the whole dance. I don't remember seeing that person dance at all. Teaching lessons, we had an hour to social dance to play and practice a little Lindy Lab, if you will, to try out what you learned. And yep. I went up to that person and I said, "Hey, I saw the Saturday dance that you were sitting on the couch and um, that you weren't dancing. I'd really like to dance with you. Would you like to dance?" And I didn't learn until many, many months later when this person and I were friends that that was really meaningful to them. That they didn't know that anybody noticed them. They didn't know that anybody saw them not participating. And that it was really, really impactful. And um, yeah, and it, it meant a lot. And so now I, I take that experience of going, I don't know what people are feeling. I don't know how mm-hmm. how meaningful or impactful, but I try and carry that. So I'm very mindful about um, just, just this past dance that I went to in Denver. I was mindful about, okay, who are the people that I want to dance with? Is there somebody that I've never danced with before? Can I find a way to connect with them and share that experience? And maybe I'll see them again. Maybe I won't. There was a person who asked me to dance and I wasn't able to, and I made sure to go up to them before they put on their shoes and left. They say, thank you so much for asking me to dance. I recognize that we didn't have that opportunity. I'll be here next week. Will you be here next week? If so, I'd really like to, to be very intentional about having us dance. And he said that he would. And I, I think he was quite surprised that I made sure to seek him out and mm-hmm. to really have that conversation. But that's how you build community. That's mm. that's how That's how in big and small ways you show that everybody deserves to be here and and to dance and that they're not forgotten and that little things like that little conversations could go a long way somebody did that for me i want to pay it forward oh that is so i keep using the word powerful because it is like how many people there are so many people in our dancing who probably just who would be such a core member of the scene if they had been reached out like that if they if someone had done that for them and I I think that it's so great that you intentionally do that and I use the term intentionally do it because 
you're doing it with heart. You're doing it with intention. You're not doing it because you have to, but you're doing it because you have a heart for the community. You love the community. So that's what you want to, that's what you want to bring, bring forward. Yeah. And I recognize that I'm not perfect. There are dances, there are events, there are scenes, there are times where maybe I'm not able to do it to the extent that I want to. But I think Mm -hmm. part of it is having the grace and awareness of saying, just trying, just try just to be mindful, just to be aware. And like I said, if, if I'm not able to dance with everybody, to be really intentional. I've had some people even the night after a dance, they'll send me a message and say, hey, I didn't get to catch you for a dance. I'm really looking forward to seeing you next time. I've done this before where after a dance, I'll even thank people um, like for the opportunity or that I miss them or even just the acknowledgement of, hey, I saw that you were at the dance. I didn't get to say hi, but it was really good to see you. People have mm-hmm. sent me messages like that and it feels really, really good. And if we go mm-hmm. back to the golden rule, if you got to treat people the way you want to be treated, it's really, really meaningful. And if we're not intentional, then how do we build these strong connections that we talk about? that are so, so foundational, so essential to building the community. No. I just do it in, in my Stephanie way, or at least I try to. In your very Stephanie way, <laughs> definitely, for sure. Okay. Um, there was something, oh yeah, there's something I wanted to mention. So uh, Brittany Callaway and Desiree Roffers, they are two dancers that put up a post on Facebook that mentioned, as a reminder, things are kind of coming back to normal. Look around the room and see which people aren't dancing. And I think that like encompasses what you do, like you are intentional about it. And I, that's something I've always appreciated about you. Um, I will also say that another Facebook post I saw was from a friend of mine named Sam Chan. He's an invitational level dancer, like he is, amazing he's in he's teaching in Korea right now so yes he mentioned he's been dancing for a really long time but he's still very shy so sometimes he can't ask some people to dance and I feel like some people when we're talking about elites they think that oh they just want to dance with their friends swing dancers are a bunch of awkward people and so (laughs) some of us tend to be shy not everyone can be like a Stephanie or an Andre or a Nick or a Demetrio, you know, <laughs> like some people are awkward. So I wanted to, I wanted to put that out there for anyone listening. That's like, oh, I'm scared to dance with so and so. Chances are they're probably, they're probably shy, or maybe they're just there hanging out with their friends. The worst they can say is no, and you know we can take that in stride. I will say that if you ever meet Stephanie or I. Please ask us to dance. Please, please ask us to dance. And I will say to your point that something that I have learned, it sounds so incredibly simple, but we are humans going into a human experience. When we are at dance events, there are so many emotions and so many complex things that may or may not be going on. There Mm -hmm. are aspects of the human experience like social anxiety or being Mm -hmm. shy or that some people in dance experiences might just want to be with their anchor people. When I say anchor Mm -hmm. people, I mean um, an individual or a group of people that can help ground them um, so they can have the confidence to go out into the community, ask some people to dance or not. And I also like to think that if somebody says no, 
it's not always personal. It may not be about them. It could be that a person just needs some time to sit and take a breath. It might be that somebody just wants to sit and look at the dance floor. It might just be that somebody just wants to be or have a, have a conversation. And I think about that a lot and it doesn't matter where you are in the dance. You could be just starting out or you could be a national professional dancer that has traveled all around the world um, that there are many, many different reasons. And, and to your point that if anybody out there is nervous about asking someone to dance, I really encourage, if you feel comfortable, a gentle a gentle invitation that is kind and encouraging mm -hmm. to go out and ask because I've, I've had experiences where I think, oh, I, I can't ask that person. I can't ask the person to dance. They are <laughs> first name, last name. They're not mm -hmm. just a name. They are first name that like they won't even they won't even look at me it's very interesting I put individuals up on a pedestal and I think oh I can't mm -hmm. and then I think wait they're just a person and I remember having an experience where I worked up my own courage to ask somebody to dance and they said absolutely I'd love to I have to finish this dance but I'll find you later and we never danced we never danced for that whole weekend but I was so proud of myself that I went that I tried and trying yes. is just just part of it but to your point um if anybody ever meets either of us they see both of us. Please, please, please ask us to dance. I love making new connections with old friends and strangers who will become new friends soon. I yes, a hundred, a hundred fifty percent. Do you want to? Do you want to know my trick on how I humanize the pros? Please tell me. Tell me your secret. Tell me your secret. So this might help some of the people that are listening. Be like, oh, I can't ask so and so because I. I was like that as well. I still get that way, but I found this trick that I work with my therapist on. The first thing is all of them go to the bathroom the same way we do. So they're not like, <laughs> you know, they don't ship bricks or anything or golden bricks or anything like that. They're normal, just like us. The second thing I think <laughs> of is you are a professional dancer and I respect you so much. At the same time, can you configure a network switch or can you configure a router or can you do this technical computer thing that I can do or can you schedule academic courses for different students and whatnot and so it's like it's not like a pointed negative thing it's more like a uh, we're just two different people that have two different skills but we have this thing in common so let's let, let's give it a shot you know that's how I humanize it and make it more simple you know yeah I also think something that is helpful for me is with the more classes that I have taken with the more people that I have met it's the reminder that individuals who are pro dancers individuals who are teachers at different events at different scenes they are dancers too they are people too they started out mm -hmm. in the same way that I did mm -hmm. our journeys might be different but every person knows what it's like to have that feeling of I'm gonna ask that person to dance and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna do it and I think that there's some compassion to hold of we all serve out in the same way we all just want to enjoy and connect in this experience and yes there there might be different ways that we speak this different language but at the end of the day we're all we're all going towards the same have you ever thought about being a public speaker i know we talked about this but <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day maybe one day it will be and it will um, have all started here on this podcast well, there you go there you go all right, so the final questions is, um, if people were trying to find more information about dancing in Boulder or Denver, or information about you, where would they find that? Yeah, let's talk about all the wonderful, wonderful places that you can dance in Colorado. There are too many for me to name, so I'll just name a couple uh, that were said time and time again. 
Boulder Swing Dance in Boulder, Colorado, specifically at the Avalon Ballroom. If you have uh, questions or you're curious about the uh, dances that are held, please visit Boulder Swing Dance on Facebook and on Instagram. It's a lovely community of wonderful people and the individuals that keep it running are marvelous. They're doing a really, really great job. If you are curious about events in Denver on Sundays and Tuesday evenings, there is the Mercury Cafe, Swing Nights Denver. You can find more information also on Facebook, but I also recommend on Instagram. They have a very active and wonderful presence there, and you can find them by looking for Denver Swing Nights. There is also the um, Turnverein, the Denver Turnverein Cultural Center on Fridays, Friday evenings. They have Lindy Hop, and also there is the Rhythm Lounge run by Laura Keat. The Rhythm Lounge is very extra exciting because it is a sweet little place where you can learn Balboa and Shag. So you can find the Denver Turnverein on Facebook. You can also look up Denver Turnverein and specifically for the Rhythm Lounge, the Rhythm Lounge. You can <laughs> find it on Facebook and Instagram as well. If you'd like to find me um, in the social media, if you're interested in connecting, you can find me on Facebook. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Okay. This is the last question I like to ask all of my guests. And that is, um, you left a really good message already, but I'm curious. And to know that the community is really grateful that you're here. That's all. That's all that I got. Don't forget to have fun. It's just dancing. It's just dancing. Don't forget to have fun. It's just dancing. That's a beautiful way to end that podcast. So um, thank you, Steph, so much for coming on. I will leave all of the details and the links to everything she had mentioned in the description down below. Uh, if you are listening to us on Spotify, don't forget to follow us and rate us as well as subscribe to our YouTube and follow us on Instagram. We appreciate you lending us our ears. Um, Steph, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, it's a pleasure and honor. Thank you. Stay on for a quick second after I stop recording that we can chat. But everyone else, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for lending us your ears on the SoCal Summer Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Spotify, and subscribe to us on YouTube. We're looking forward to putting out some great episodes for you, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye.